Hi, Raja. Hey, Mom. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Not bad. Trying to enjoy some of this weather. Yep, it's springtime. Yes, it is. I'm ready. Yep. A quick recap for last episode. We talked about making sure um, you have the talk about death and funerals and funeral preparations with your loved ones um, and your family, friends, whoever needs to be involved in that process to help with the overall grieving process. Uh, making sure you talk about wills, power of attorneys, things like that. Um, just, you know, to be ready. Um, it can be a tough conversation, but something we all need to have. Today we have another show planned for you. Get ready. I'm Angela the mom. I'm Roger the daughter. And this is Talking Talkin Brown Sugar. Sugar. We're in the sugar bowl today where we pull out random thoughts. We have for the people today, Mom. Talking about this bank language, going into the banks. I prefer going inside the banks to do my transactions. And I notice people act differently in different cities. For one, when you're in the bank and you stand in line, minding your business, getting your transactions together. Then you have some people that be in line trying to get the teller's attention. And sometimes the teller will be... You you know how you look behind yourself. You say, like, "What's going on?" Make sure you ain't getting robbed. And somebody might yell out, "Well, you know, I'm trying to go to work." And I'm looking like, "Well, you know, you should have got here early, or you should have went through the drive thru Don't be rude." And you might have one teller might pull them to the side and tell them to come on. But sometimes I'm thinking, okay, we all have these emergencies that come up or life situations which changes us. But I'm like, if you in line, you need to just wait your time. That was a do or die situation. Yes, please get in front of me. Or ask politely. Can I get in front? I'm running behind. I got to pick up my child. But there's going to be the back there. I wish these people would hurry up and all this kind of stuff. We all here trying to get a service. Take care of transactions so we can move on with our life. That's a good point. I know when I go to the bank, I'm never prepared um, with the bank slips. But when I go in, there's always somebody else um, filling out their little envelope or whatever. And I just mosey on into the line. And I'm like... The teller will help me, so I'm not. I'm that kind of person. Yeah, or you might have that one person come out with these bag of coins. Thank goodness they got these, these mach- the machines that count the coins for you. And of course, we have grandma and grandpa to come in, and th- that is good. Thank you, families, for coming out with your loved ones. Cause sometimes they be counting money, dropping these little coins. They get their little checks, and you don't know who is waiting for these people outside. That's also a good point. Yeah, um, my random thought. Just, um, you know, as we move about this world as a fat person and a person of color, um, and then, you know, having this conversation with some of my colleagues recently about um, just common decency when moving about different spaces, whether it be a sidewalk in a room in a crowd, um, the difference it is with dealing with white white people specifically. I know, um, Mommy and you have experienced this when we've been shopping together. Um, whether it be, you know, like a tight aisle space or something, and we're looking, you know, browsing, whatever, and um, someone needs to get by. I'm, I have now started to adopt this, um, I want to say around college, like in college I started adopting this, not moving for people who don't speak, um, unless I can auto, like if I can, of course, there'll be times where I'll see space because I can see, oh, this person is just trying to get through and they might be busy or they make a, they look at me like, excuse me, or something. They make some kind of mo- effort to say or show, you know, excuse me, because not everybody speaks or communicates the same way. So I try to pay attention to that. But then there are times where people will literally just walk up behind you and just stand behind you, not saying anything. Like I'm supposed like expecting me to move, make space for them, and I'm I'm not I'm not doing it anymore. Um, because I found when I when I, especially with white people, when I try to accommodate them as far as like moving out their way when they're balling down the street or you know trying to slide past me on the aisle or anywhere, um, it's like expected of me to be the one to move, even though we're both going 
either different directions or we're both doing the same thing. Why Why do I need to move if you can't open your mouth to speak at the very least? So um, just thinking about that and how uh, we've come accustomed to doing that as people of color without thinking about it necessarily. Um, and then just as a bigger person, I know like when moving in a crowd or crowded spaces, um, there will be people, and I, I don't know if this is, you know, the intersection of being a person of color and a fat person. Um, if it's, you know, just them or what, but I've noticed um, sometimes when saying excuse me, people won't even look back to move, won't move, or move, like barely move in a way. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to move you. And that's just the case. Like I said, I did my part. So when I have to move you, I don't want to hear anything. But no, I will be prepared for whatever. Um, but it's just um, something I've been noticing for a while. And I act accordingly. I'll say excuse me if I need to move past somebody. I'll audibly say it. Excuse me. If you don't move, I'll say it louder. Or I'll move you. So we have options. Um, but it's just interesting how that takes place yeah and it depends on what stores you are in high-end or low-end or grocery stores sometimes people you'll be an aisle first and they'll look at you and i look at them like yeah what because sometimes i have to remind myself i'm in a public place because i'm like doing my little business and i I will move my card over because i know sometimes you know your bum get in the way but or sometimes they don't don't touch my card if if my card is on your way because I'm not gonna touch yours. People are so rude now, but I give you that look like okay, I see you, you see me, I'm gonna move. That's that's all. We can speak in different languages, body language. Thank you. Right, because I know I try to come into spaces with my positive energy, you know, because I can smile, light up a room if I want to, but I I always try to enter spaces, you know, giving other people the benefit of the doubt. And if you can't handle that, act accordingly, be decent, that's not my problem. I'm not going to make it my problem. So if you can't move or just be, you know, be aware of other people, I have to be aware of you when I'm trying to get through. You know, and that doesn't that doesn't apply necessarily to everybody the same way, but I'm talking about people who are grown adults, who are aware, who are cognizantly aware, or just... You know, not people who aren't trying to be buttholes. But some people are just being buttholes. I, I don't have time to play. And I don't care. Move or be moved. That's all. That's all. Sugar Cubes, a.k.a. the news, where we put a little sugar in your cup. All right. Pop culture. This is a little topic. About Jesse Smollett, why prosecutors dismissed the charges against him. The Cook County State's Attorney's Office on Tuesday dismissed the multi-counted indictment against Empire actor Jesse Smollett, sparking widespread confusion, even anger. In an embarrassment to our nation, President Trump tweeted, you know, he likes to tweet, early Thursday morning, Trump added that the FBI and Justice Department will review the case, which he called outrageous. Justice Department spokesman Carrie Caput, Coop, excuse me, and FBI spokesman Carol Carty declined to comment. In a statement two days earlier, State Attorney Kimberly M. Fox had announced that dropping the charges against the actor was just a disposition and appropriate resolution. But other top officials criticized the decision to dismiss the 16 felony counts, which included being charged with lying to police about being physically attacked by men who yelled homophobic and racist slurs. And he said, shouted, this is M. Like a mega country. Okay. This is my little thing for Miss Kim Fox. My heart goes out to her because um, she was trying to defend Justice Smollett, which she did. But there's other allegations that came from the family 
at the time she was going to drop the case. But in conclusion, with all this, he say, she say, it's still up to the debate. And in Chicago, they want him to pay more than just the bond he paid for the $10,000 and plus the community service. She was saying that was just enough. But people are clapping back saying no. And the claims against which is going for the national attention and putting pressure on the Chicago Police Department because they feel they were embarrassed. And the mayor is also saying he needs to pay back money. You know, you have to protect yourself. You have to know what you're getting into. And she's putting her job on the line. And now they're thinking about firing her also. So there's going to be more investigations into this Justice Smollett case by itself. So people stay tuned. I know this Justice Smollett case has um, really... I guess sparked a lot of conversation about a lot of things, you know, because people have brought up how they aren't necessarily upset with Justice Mullet, um, you know, making the false claims and setting this up, whether or not it was to advance his career, whatever his motive was. Um, a lot of people bring up how, you know, white women have done the same thing. Um, you know, we have Emmett Till, we have so many cases that have come out, like, you can just Google, um, false things that people have said about black people or black people done to them, especially with people saying and making up imaginary groups of other um, people, you know, who they say this group of people vandalized my house knowing good and well, that's not the case. And, you know, it was investigated and found out they did it to themselves or to their own property. Um, And just those things like that. So there are a lot of people on one side who aren't necessarily upset with him, um, on that end, but then there are people who are upset with him because it's like, okay, you as a black gay man making the story, like you're you're going to make it harder for people to believe the stories of other people. But um, to me, that's a choice we make whether or not we want to believe somebody. Um, you know, when the evidence isn't necessarily clear, um, or what justice you know, justice system would say beyond shadow of a doubt. Um, but, like, that's, uh, to me, that's a choice. Um, I like what Inyanla, I can't say her name, what Inyanla said, she was like, well, you know, everybody lies. She's I already forgave him. Um, but I think it's going to take more conversation about why people are so quick to say or feel like they can't trust and believe other people who may, um, ascribe to the same things that he does or who identify the same way he does, um, why would we be so quick to also then not believe what people have to say who are like Jesse in whatever way that is, um, whether they be black, gay, a celebrity, things like that. Um, but you brought up an interesting point, Mom, when you were talking about uh, Kimberly Fox, you were saying... Um, how she's going to have to always defend her decision here. Yeah, because, you know, this is dealing with her career. Because March 17, 2020, you know, that's when the election, the primary election comes up. So they're going to be holding her to this, always remembering, you know, is, is it safe to use her or not? And she fought hard for her career. So if she knew that also was going to happen, she wouldn't have put her career up on this, you know, because she is a prosecutor. And they're looking at things differently now as using her. And she's fighting for a job. So she's going to be making some changes in her life for the next time with the people that she look for outcome for. So it won't be so disappointing to others or why should it be disappointing for her for her to be trusted? Because it's always going to be a challenge. I think it's funny, too, how Trump is talking about how we're going to uh, make sure the FBI gets on reviewing this case. So outrageous that um, charges were dropped. And then you have the Chicago Police Department making a statement saying this is a whitewash of justice. And I'm just rolling my eyes because I'm like, how many times have we seen officers and things, um, people get off for killing innocent people, especially innocent black and brown kids, kids dying in the back of, you know, cop cars in jails all over this country. You tell me that's a whitewash of justice. Like, we literally have... 
and I don't like hearing that statement too, you know, there are other things we could be concerned with. Like, I'm not saying that this isn't a big deal, but we have other things we could be concerned with or using our energy, our FBI's energy with, you know, like investigating Trump and releasing those reports. What does the Mueller report say? Let us read that. Well, they say it's going to be like 400 pages on that Mueller report, though. But everybody's got their eyes and ears opening for the time when that jumps off so we can read it. I'm ready. My contacts are fresh. Oh, yes. Going to the next news. Us broke a record for largest U.S. movie opening with a black woman lead. Jordan Peele's Us broke box office records during its opening weekend. The movie ranked in a cool $70 million from more than 3,700 theaters locations across the U.S., giving the thriller one of the highest grossing opening weekends for an original horror movie. Yay! And the biggest domestic movie opening for a film with a black woman lead. Yeah, I'm um, planning on seeing this, and I'm not a horror film person. I don't really care for horror films. Um, I can handle things like Jason and Freddy, but, you know, things like It, um, other movies, um, Jordan Peele's like Get Out. You might not catch me in the movie theater or just watching it at night, but I do plan on seeing this movie, and um, I'm curious to see what, the movie will continue to rake in as more weekends come. Because, you know, some movies, um, like Black Panther, how it kept raking in money over the weekend and things like that. Um, so I'm interested to see how this movie is going to do. Um, and comparatively, I'm just excited for, um, like, Dupita. Um, I heard on great reviews about her, Winston. Um, who plays her husband in the movie. I'm just excited to see the movie and to see that beautiful black family um, in a horror setting. Because I heard good things about every every one of the main characters in that family. So I'm interested to see it. A horror movie. Yeah, you know, I was reading about how they had to get themselves together and when they had to practice against themselves, being the character they were opposite of. And it was in the, like the green room and it was just amazed how they could just turn it on and turn it off. Hey, hats off to your bravo. Are you going to go see it? Nope. <laughs> okay. Because you know I will what? Waste my time. Mm-hmm. Now, for some shakes. This happened with a little family ordering food. You know, you had your DoorDash, Grubhub. Grubhub. You know, sometimes we, we've gotten spoiled now. Because you got Instacart. So anyway, this little family was ordering some food online. And, you know, thank goodness we have all these new technologies that you can see people at your doorstep. So food arrives. They're looking through the little people and they see the man. Not paying attention to anything. Oh, they're excited to get their food. So they order their food from Cold Stone. Which, you know, they have the ice creams and the yummy shakes. So the family uh, played the video back, and realized that the guy who was delivering their food was sucking off their son's shake. Check this out. You don't order your food and somebody's drinking out of it. So they contacted DoorDash, which they haven't heard anything back from them in two weeks. So they want an apology. They haven't received anything or anything back from no one. But the son and the family was just so upset that they... Realized somebody had tampered with, with their food, and they already paid for it. So it's it's just sad. You, you just can't trust people. I see you taking a fry, but you shouldn't open up nobody's product and stand there literally slurping on it, trying to move the whipped cream around like nothing's happening to it, and you thinking it's safe. Yeah, that was so gross. Um, you think about the um, people who take these jobs to deliver food 
I'm sure they have a clause in the contract that, you know, nobody reads about not touching the customer's foods. You think that would be a given not to touch people's food that they order before they deliver it to them. But you don't know necessarily who's touching your food or not um, when you use the delivery services. Um, there's no way to really guarantee that because, <laughs> you know, they show the person um, arriving at your door. And then this family was able to catch him on camera. So I think the least that they can get is a refund, if not an apology, because that's just disgusting. I saw it. I saw the video. They have him clear as day, taking a sip out of the cup, pulling out the straw, rearranging um, the whipped cream in the drink, and then passing a young boy the smoothie. So I'm like, did he drink it and not know? Like, did he finish his shake and not Because that's. Ooh, that would be disgusting. You know, you didn't drink it. You started drinking it, and you see somebody else drunk off of it. A whole, a whole stranger drink it off your smoothie before you get to enjoy it. Cause it's just funny to me that nobody checked the video before. But I guess you're not thinking about somebody bringing your food and they're drinking it, drinking out of it. Yeah, it's just gross. But that's why we say our grace. Amen to that. Um, this article is about uh, Queen Latifah building a $14 million affordable housing project in Newark. So her hometown in Newark, New Jersey. Um, it says hip-hop icon Queen Latifah is putting on her developer hat and returning to her hometown of Newark to build a new affordable housing complex. According to published reports, a $14 million project is expected to break ground this summer along Springfield Avenue and South 17th, um, NewJersey.com reports. The outlet also notes that the property will include 23 family townhomes, 16 additional smaller units, a fitness center, and a commercial space that will be rented to non-profits. Just look at the Black Queen work. I love Queen Latifah as a um, rapper. You and I, T-Y. And um, um, I loved her and her acting, you know, living single. And she's now on the star show. She's done a ton of movies. She's saying rap. There's nothing she can do. And here she is, saving the day. Um, I think this is interesting that now we often look for celebrities and other people not necessarily the government to help us out. So it's like, especially in this day and age with the administration we have, it's interesting that we have so many celebrities, you know, taking the lead on these kind of things. If You know, even though a lot of the times, nine times out of ten, they're helping their hometown, at least they're giving back. You know, you think about, like, Chance the Rapper. You even have um, Nipsey Hussle, like, different rappers, um, comedians, everybody who's, you know, has some kind of celebrity giving back to... Their community or people they see that there are in need, um, like even on YouTube, I don't mind it um, too much seeing when people like record themselves giving back to homeless people and things like that. Um, I think it's good to show people how you can make an impact on somebody's day, even if you're spending, you know, just twenty dollars to get some money, a hot meal, and a couple of dollars in their pocket. Um, but I think this is such a boss move. Um, because affordable housing is an issue that we have across this country, especially even in our own city. Um, I've seen articles saying that there aren't any affordable places in our city um, currently if someone was making minimum wage or just in general, like there aren't any affordable options considering what the new updated uh, median household income is in our area, which I think is like... Um, 60,000 annually. It's a little over 60,000, but that's how much you would need to make to essentially afford housing. And they didn't specify what kind of housing that is. So that could be for a studio apartment. Think about a family of four that's making less than that. Um but shout out to Queen Latifah and all the people who are making these kind of changes in their hometowns. Um Another update about that's related to the administration. Um, this is from CNBC. It says Trump is trying to kill Obamacare again, also known as the Affordable Care Act. Well, the Affordable Care Act, ACA, also known as Obamacare. 
Um, and it says the Democrats couldn't be happier. So they're talking about how um, if he does, if Trump is able to remove the Affordable Care Act, Democrats do see the opportunity of being able to introduce their own plans for health care. Um, but there's so many people I'm thinking that are on Affordable Care Act, and it's not a perfect plan as is um, for many people because of how much it costs, um, whether or not you get insurance versus the type of penalties you face if you were to um, not get insurance on time. So um, it's an interesting battle um, with this administration in general. But I'm thinking about there are so many things that we have to worry about as individuals, not regular people, but just individuals, families. It's like, how do we work and move throughout the day? day? You're worried about affordable housing. You're worried about your health insurance. You go to work and you aren't getting treated fairly or you aren't getting paid enough. Like There's so many inputs for stress. I'm just curious how we can all do better to live better lives better for our lives yeah because if they take that out there's so many people who've done strive now to get themselves in the means of paying for their health care and either they can pay the co-payment to go or not and it's just a struggle for people to think about it that's why some people don't even go to the doctor yeah i'm just like why why do you feel the need to take away the affordable care act would not wouldn't it make sense to just add some other things to it that you would want to improve it. That would make too much sense, wouldn't it? Just to add some things to, you know, improve it. Like better dental plans, better eye plans, better, like, full plans where people don't have to then, you know, select an Obamacare, I hate saying Obamacare, um, an Affordable Care Act or an Affordable Care Plan, health insurance plan under the act, um, without having to get supplemental health care. Like, there's so many, you know, A, B, C, and D. It's it's, it's crazy. Um, and that's some waters I'm going to have to navigate soon, you know, because I'll be off your insurance um, and, like, already looking into it so that I can have health insurance for the things I need and thinking about how much I pay, like, I would have to pay by myself for the things I need is ridiculous. And that's not including, um, like, regular um, checkups for my eyes, um, dental work. Um, You can forget anything that's regarded to, like, dermatology because that's um, sometimes considered cosmetic, which is dumb. Um, But there are so many things that we should rework. And I think build just build from this plan rather than scraping everything and trying to start over because... I don't trust that you have a plan in place. Like, I haven't heard anything. And that could just be, you know, from my own research, I haven't looked up um, to see. But I don't, I haven't heard anything about what the new plan will look like. So how are you going to dismantle this without already having something in place? Because just like you were saying, piggybacking on that, healthcare to me is a bundle. It should be some kind of ABC affordable that has a bundle with your eyes, your ears, your nose, your throat, not just paying for this separate. You got so many separates, and then if they do a scale with your income, you still don't qualify. You got to have nothing to get service. All right, on top of that, um, you think about people with pre- pre-existing conditions, how they're boxed out um, and have limited options and are just swimming in debt because of things that they're, are you know hereditary or out of their control or... Um, People who are fighting for Medicaid expansions and just they're trying like trying to get rid of that and things like that and it's like you're taking that taking that away from children and the elderly and people with different abilities uh, or different you know disabilities so it's like we're taking away from the most vulnerable people like they already cut um funding for the Special Olympics I said <laughs> what. They were saying that um, they feel they get enough in private donations, so they'll be all right. It's like, they'll be all right. They get enough money from, you know, other people. And I feel like that's going around a lot with this administration. Um, 
And in other places, we've seen it locally where, you know, we were trying to fight for this rail and free, um, was it fair for busing? And what did they say? No help. We're not going to do it. They don't see no way. They took it to the table. And they they talking about uh, it's property, what's costing money. But if you have something that's easy access for people to get around, even for job employment, school, hey, clean air. You got one thing going. Right. It, they were saying that, you know, people in the community already get enough free things. I said, where? Who's getting what free? I would like to get some free things that I'm not getting. What am I getting free? Please let me know. Fill me in. Um, But just things like that. Um, The things that people are getting, quote, unquote, for free or off the backs of other people's taxes, whatever. I believe they need them. And if they don't have a better process in place to do that, rather than, you know, well, we're going to make everybody work. We're going to make sure we do drug tests, this, that, and the third. Okay, you spending more money to watch this little bit of money when you need to just cut back on other things. Like, you know, 600, how much, how many billions we spend on the military? How much have we budgeted for that? We aren't spending that, we aren't spending nearly the same amount for our schools. Um... So it's just crazy how all of this is shifting. And, you know, we're talking now, too, about how our physical infrastructures are going to need updates. You know, there's lead in the water. There's so many things going to poop for the family and the children in the room. Now it's time for our wellness check. Talking about ears, those beautiful ears, which we like to design with different earrings, piercings, all that good stuff. Make sure you keep them clean. Try not to hurt yourself using different kind of Q-tips. Yes, we don't supposed to use Q-tips. Then they got professional washers that you can buy in the store or go to your doctor so they can check it out. Because sometimes we have problem hearing. That can be a sign of some kind of sickness. Especially when you feel like you can't hear. Or some people have little drums, eardrums. Some people don't have eardrums, believe it or not. People have to get tubes in their ears. So when you're taking out your earrings, check for keloids. That's sometimes, you know, we have a tendency to buy them cute little cheap earrings. Then you wake up the next morning, your ears, well, you know, you can clean up a little alcohol or with hazel. You know, just, just check out the earrings. Yeah, um, it's not suggested that you clean your ears with Q-tips or cotton swabs, whatever you call them, because um, you're supposed to be pushing the wax into your ear as you insert the swab, and you also risk um, rupturing your eardrum if you push it in too far. But you could, people also stick all kinds of things in their ear to get it clean. So you have to be mindful of that, especially if you're, like, scraping the inside of your ear, which is um, really thin tissue. Um, And if you keep, you know, scraping and scratching it and you have multiple scabs, that could also complicate um, how the wax moves in and out your ear Um, and cause all kind of things, you know, infection. So just, you know, be mindful of how you're cleaning your ear. Also, keep your ear clean. Keep behind your ear clean, too, because, you know, nobody wants to smell like earring backs. Yeah, and you have, like, an older one. Sometimes they get these little, I call them earmuffs. They get a lot of hair in their ears. You know, get some clippers or take them somewhere where somebody can either wax their hair out, which that might hurt, or they can trim, trim it. And if you have, like, little kids and they're going swimming, hanging out and going to parks, check their ears and stuff for ticks. Ants, because sometimes they don't know. They just think something's crawling in their ear. But you want to keep your ears, what, cute and clean. Main discussion time. Today we are talking about makeup. Um, you know, growing up as a kid in the church, as a little girl, a female, I was often told... But different people win and win, win and win, win and wear. I could wear makeup, how much makeup to wear. Um, Growing up, you know, there's always the debate about these don't like girls who wear a lot of makeup or why girls wear a lot of makeup or, 
you know, wearing too much makeup suggests this or that. You know, I want a girlfriend with a natural look this and dirt. Ah, don't care. I love makeup. Um, but I just want to have this discussion with you about your thoughts on makeup, my thoughts on makeup, and um, just, you know, have that talk. Uh, feel free to join in on the conversation online, you know, using the hashtag uh, Talking Brown Sugar, hashtag TB Sug or Sug. Some people say it differently. We say Sug, so it's T-B-S-U-G, Talking Brown Sug. Um, but yeah, let us know your thoughts on makeup, kids wearing it, what age, all the kind of things. We'll be getting into that now. So, um I guess we can start with, like, in the church, um, some of the rules you passed on to me that you remember hearing. Like, what did you hear growing up in the church? What did, like, Grandma Jella May tell you, or what did you hear from the ladies at the church? Well, like you say, Grandma Jella May always set my high standards, and I always wanted the bright red colors and the pinks, the hot pinks, not the little pastel colors you couldn't see. Okay, hands up for Sally. That's a Henson, which is a nail hardener. Like, no, oh, she was not playing me wearing no red fingernail polish or red lipstick. I was like, like five. And I would see other ladies in the church wearing some stuff. But she was like, oh, just because they're wearing it, that means you're not wearing it. She didn't wear it either. Our favorite thing was what? Chapstick, honey. A little Vaseline on the lips, give you a little gloss. That was about the best I was going to get it. But I know as my mom got older, she would wear uh, a press powder. But she would get at Belk's, and it was suntan. And she would give me the old compact. I was so amazed because I would open it up and have the mirror, and I would get my little Vaseline, and I will put it across my little lips. So I know as I had my daughter, and when Ra was growing up, she wanted to wear makeup. I would buy these little cheap makeup little fake kits. Just cheap, y'all. Makeup cheap. didn't even last long. Female polish peeled off while I went outside to play to show my friends. Just she, well, she was a little kid, so I was looking up for her better judgment. Cause if it says age appropriate, I believed in that. I didn't want my baby to grow up too fast. As she got older, I let her know: the older you get, the more you can express yourself by makeup. But make sure it's safe makeup. But when she was little, she would dibble dabble and try to get in some of my perfumes or different little nail colors. I was like, oh no, raw, we can't do it. She was like, well, my friends wear it to school. I'm like, I don't care. I said, you put it in your mouth. I remember, yeah, you told me I couldn't do red fingernails and red lipstick because you said that was the color of the devil. Well, you know, harlots wore that color in the Bible. You know, the prostitutes, um, because, you know, they weren't, you know, there weren't, there weren't, you know, signs over their head saying, hey, I got this special deal on fish you know they would wear certain cloaks and colors to say you know advertising what they had so um I was like well I'm not the devil I don't have any business with the devil so why can't I wear you know some red some orange some loud colors that matched my rambunctious and just you know my personality colors that made me happy um I, I didn't fight that too much because I was also, you know, quote unquote, a tomboy. So, you know, I was with the squirts heavy playing basketball and football with the boys. And there weren't a lot of girls in my neighborhood growing up. So, you know, make do with what you have. Um, but back to the makeup. Yeah, I um, remember the restrictions. Um but also, as a kid, being able to play with plastic makeup things that didn't, you know, nothing changed color on me. But, you know, it was something to do. I felt like I was being like my mama. But I also remember checking out her makeup stash and trying out her old lipsticks. She would give me her old lipstick. And it wasn't necessarily old, but like a color she was tired of wearing. She would give it to me to try out in the house and things like that. So, you know, I was dibbling and dabbling, like you said. Um, and then growing up, I remember being allowed a little more each time, like lip gloss. And speaking of lip gloss, you remember that time I stole lip gloss? Boy, miss out of me! I was like, where did you get that from? <laughs> she was like, ah, oh, oh, oh. I say like, you didn't have it earlier. I don't remember buying it. I don't remember how old I was. I was young, 
I don't know where this was. This had to be, I don't know if it was Claire's or somewhere, but I remember it was at the mall. I had on shorts or some jeans, something. And that's important to the story because when I got home, I think I had panicked so much about making it home with this lip gloss that wasn't paid for. I forgot I had it and, um, you know, got changed for bed and everything else. It was a whole other day. And I think because of how stressed I was leaving the store, like I knew, I just knew the alarms were going to go off as we were walking to the car. And I had this lip gloss in my pocket. It was a glittery pink, pinkish something. Nothing would have shown up. It just made my lips shiny. Um, the glitter wouldn't have shown up either because it was too big to like sit on your skin. But, um, I just remember being so stressed out about having it in my pocket. I was like, I've gone too far now. I can't, can't put it back. So, you know, the alarm didn't go off. We made it home, changed clothes, all that, whole other day. And then you came up and what did you do? Where did you get this from? And I just saw her face. It was no punishment. It, It was priceless. The punishment was done. Yeah, I was mentally torturing myself, yeah. but when I saw her with that little gloss, I was like, where'd she get it from? And then you told me you found it in my jeans because there was still an impression left where the lip gloss stayed. That's what I said. I was like, what in the world? I was so pissed, too, because those were one of my favorite pair of jeans. Um, I always used to have jeans with, like, graphic designs and stuff on it. But, um... I was so like my heart was just gone, and you you didn't just leave it at that. It wasn't just a punishment. You said, "Now you have two options. You can go to jail, or you can go to the store and apologize." I said, "Oh Lord, I'm going to jail because <laughs> I did not want to admit what I had did." But I don't know why I wanted I wanted that lip gloss so bad. Um, it was just lip gloss. Just, like thinking back now, it was just lip gloss. I don't remember. My thought process as a kid, like, what that would have done for me. I had, that was the first and last time I ever stole anything, ever. And I was, you know, never my life. Because that kind of trauma, I did not need in my life. And that was enough. And, and you're such a good little girl. I was like, there was no need to take it. it. And she didn't have to go back to this, so she had to learn to listen. Because I could see it in her eyes. I was like, listen, admit what I had to let her know. The, the repercussions of taking something... You're going to jail. But I think suppressing that she couldn't wear the lip gloss or wear different makeup made her say, I'm going to get my own makeup. I'm determined I'm going to wear this lip gloss. And I felt in my heart, as a parent, sometimes we go from tradition, from what our parents taught us, because they're trying to look out for our best benefits, because my daughter has flawless skin. And that's why I didn't want her to stop wearing makeup and mess her own skin up. Head. She still does have beautiful skin. It's like peaches. I'm a little ashy peach, but okay. Thank you. <laughs> but um, yeah, we that point uh, you made about parents teaching their kids from tradition. I remember after that point, and then you know, as I got older, we started talking more about you know, if you do go to school, there's more you can do in life, and part of that was makeup. So I remember starting off, I would have like different little color lip glosses. So you know, you get a little tint in lip glosses. You can do a little pink, a little brown, a little orange. You can have a little pop. And um, as I got older, kept my grades up. Um, there were different incentives. You know, you can go out with friends, do this, that, and the third. But um, speaking specifically to makeup, you know, then I was introduced to eyeliner, eyeshadow. And so that was my thing, and that was it for me. Eyeshadow, eyeliner, mascara, lip gloss. Like, I hadn't gotten into foundation, highlighters, and, you know, setting powder. I hadn't gotten into all of that until later on in, like, college when I um, taught myself how to beat my face but um I remember in high school even before high school middle school like a lot of my friends had already knew how to do makeup and I was like oh your mama let you do what I was just you know amazed at that but then I think about all of that um and you know that other common argument that girls shouldn't wear makeup because it's going to make them more attractive to men but um, my argument there when they say that, you know, little girls shouldn't wear makeup or young girls shouldn't wear makeup, this is a current argument 
from today that has carried on from the past that girls shouldn't wear makeup because it's going to make them more attractive to men. And I'm like, well, why are we policing little girls and their behavior and not correcting these grown men who are preying on young girls? And that goes to everything that's going on. You know, you think about um, so many different instances and different celebrities who've married younger or, you know, have a history of having younger girls in their history and things like that. But, you know, boy, young boys and things are also... Boys are also getting raped as well. They don't wear makeup. Young boys get abducted. They don't wear makeup. Young girls who weren't wearing makeup or quote-unquote acting grown also got, you know, abducted, raped, killed, murdered. So I think that that argument should end as far as, you know, acting too grown, this, that, and the third. Um the argument I could see for younger kids not wearing makeup is their skin and they are still developing. And some of the things that are in makeup may not be safe for them to be in contact with at such a young age. But this whole, you know, acting grown, all of this other stuff, that doesn't make any sense. Because when before I was even wearing makeup, I had grown men cat calling me when I was walking down the street to go to school coming home from the corner store whatever um and still to this day no matter what you look like there's somebody's going to be cat calling this at the third so it's I think it's a different way we need to start shaping and having these conversations with our with men with our boys with our girls with our children with people um just about how we act and treat one another um for you to blame it on just, you know, a girl acting too grown or outside of her age, I think is, um, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. It's not a logical argument um, to put it all on girls and young girls for how they're treated by, especially by grown people, grown men. Well, I think sometimes, like I've always said, things are set off in the home. Sometimes we mimic what we see. Like, you see somebody smoking cigarettes. Like, for instance, my aunts, all my aunts smoke cigarettes. I never liked it. I tried, but it wasn't me. But what for my daughter, I wanted her to represent herself as the princess to the queen that she is now from what she's seeing what I instilled in me. The first thing you're going to see is respect, point blank, regardless if she have on lipstick or not. But some people see a young lady with makeup. They don't even see who she is. They just automatically accept Oh, she grown, misconception. That's my outlook on it. But my thing was, I do read the ingredients, and I didn't want my baby to be coming up with some kind of crazy disease we never heard of from lead, formation, talc in your eyes from the eyeshadow, blindness, skin irritations. Because I've seen some of these girls put on this makeup when my baby was little. And then with some of her classmates, they take their makeup off. It's not a pretty picture. Even now, I see adults take off some makeup. Even like, oh, my gosh. Right. And then on another parenting tip, like, I'm not a parent by any means. I do have a niece and nephew that, you know, are younger, much younger than I am. Um, But as a kid growing up, you know, you tell a kid no. Sometimes as a parent, tell your kid why also when you tell them no. Don't just tell them no just to be telling them no, they can't do it. I said so. Sometimes take two extra minutes to explain to them why you don't want to do want them to do X, Y, Z. You know, if it's, you know, no, I don't want you to go outside today. It's because, you know, it's not safe. I saw on the news X, Y, Z happened. Not, you know, necessarily taken away from the innocence, but explain to them. Children aren't dumb. They're going to find out one way or another. So if you're telling a kid no not to do something, explain to them why. Um, and then specifically thinking about with, like, makeup and things like that, give them incentives. You do X, Y, Z, you can get away with more. Um, so it's still in them that um, they're – Actions, their decisions can produce good or bad. Exactly. And, you know, now they're having these little makeup parties. Make sure it's age appropriate. And make sure the stuff that you're buying for these children is safe. Just don't pacify them because they want it. Because now they're telling you things you get from overseas is not always safe. Just like my daughter, she reads all her stuff. Sometimes I catch myself looking and seeing what she's doing. I was like, okay. She beat my face sometimes because I don't beat my face because she pick at me. 
Yeah, she doesn't care about makeup so much. Not saying she needs it. But, you know, sometimes you want to look different for people when you go to different things. Like, yes, I do change my face. I do look different at different degrees. Like, I slay at different degrees. There are levels to this. Um, And I like getting dressed up. I love changing my hair, my everything. Um, Often, you know, whatever the occasion is. And I'm excited for more of that to come as we grow and do more things. So we can give our shout-outs to different little stuff because we like that lip gloss. We like Revlon and who else? Oh, Maybelline. Um, a little Fenty here and there. Oh, yes. I, like um, Dior products. I remember my grandma used to talk about some rose water. Yeah, rose water is good for toner. Um, that's what I use for toner. But they're also, um, like, there's actually a brown sugar box. Um, that's a black-owned makeup company. And they have some great products, so check them out. Um, it's a subscription service as well that you should check out. Um, where you get different products based on selections you've made. Um, based on what you like, what kind of skin type you have. So check out brown sugar box. Not by us. That's not by talking about sugar. But... You know, for people with brown sugar. As always, don't forget to follow the show, Talking Brown Sugar, on social media. Uh, We'll be working to build a website soon, and we'll be updating you, of course, across our different social media channels when that is live and ready for you to interact. Um, We're also working on different, like, merchandise and things for you um, and different, like, events and things. So, you know, stay on the lookout. Sign up, subscribe, like, share, comment now so you can get in the loop. Um, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Brown Sugar, on Twitter at Talking Brown Sugar. That's Talking Brown S U G, and you can also g- email us. I was about to say Gmail us, but email us at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail dot com. I'm Angela the mom. I'm Roger the daughter. We, we out. out.